You're listening to AM three three one. Okay, welcome to the premiere pilot episode of a new podcast with uh, my good buddy and contributor to the pod, which uh, Jay Blake is doing with me. Happy to be here, it's as a, always. It's a joint um, uh, 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 project we're doing where we're, uh, we're sitting here on a Saturday night and we're thinking about, uh, I guess, you know, growing up and, and sleepovers and stuff and hence where we come to the, the Saturday Night Sleepover movie where it's, uh, you know, you'd have a friend over, you'd have to ask your parents, can you stay over? They'd stay over, you'd have one, two friends, how many friends your parents would be able to tolerate. You'd head and, over to the mom and pop video store. Yeah, you'd go, you, you, you'd, you'd probably get, uh, you'd go out and maybe get pizza or you'd order in pizza, you'd go to the video store, it was clutch, and, and your parents to, to, to keep you quiet so they can have a night on their own is they probably rent you a shitload of videos yeah. you know you probably rent a shitload more than you thought you'd watch but then somehow you end up watching it all you know you rent like four or five movies and like nowadays I would think I couldn't watch four or five movies in a night yeah. but then it's like you do it and then you'd, you'd get through it and well back then there was a big uh, staying up it was a big fucking deal man that's true staying up so, all night and drinking like coke you'd load you know. up on like the mega jolt cola uh, and like you'd see how long you can stay up for yeah and then, and then you, you, if you stayed up to like the sun came up, then you sleep. <laughs> yeah, then you sleep all day, the whole Sunday. You sleep, away, you sleep all freaking day. Um, but that's what we're doing tonight, and we we figured we we we'd start targeting this cast towards movies that we would probably watch uh, growing up that would appeal to us: horror movies, action movies, uh, probably some comedies, but just yeah. stuff that we think that when we were searching the racks of the mom and pop video store in the day, we would say, you know what, this looks like something we should bring home tonight. I think it's a combination, you know, ultimately I think it'll be a combination of stuff that we probably did watch at that time. Yeah. Or just stuff that we think would have been awesome to watch yeah. <laughs> at a sleepover. Yeah. And I think we also said that we might throw in maybe a topical one every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, every once in a while there'll be a very we'll, special... We'll, we'll switch it up, we'll flip the script as they say. <laughs> now, you and I, uh, a little bit past the age of sleepovers what most people think but we've had many a sleepover <laughs> yeah well we went to college together we so lived together in a, in a room that's that true <laughs> yeah we, we went to college together so we, we physically lived together in a dorm room uh, bosom so buddies we, slept, we had sleepovers every night for, and then for a uh, on a weekend uh, you'd come up to my place and we'd do sleepovers at my parents and house we'd and we'd go to the video store and we'd, and we'd do the same thing we'd basically do the same thing and then at the same time we wouldn't at that time we wouldn't really go out that much so we would just get I don't even know if we'd even drink. We'd just go and we'd watch no. some stuff. We might have some. Like, well, I mean, a couple I, I, beers. Initially, when we first, the first, we didn't even. We weren't twenty-one yet. Yeah, so we didn't. Even, <laughs> it didn't even matter to us. So that, that, that's how long ago it was. That, that was that was uh, that was a night for us. It was just uh, just going, getting a crap load of movies and watching. And we together, I think we we popped our chair in a lot of movies that, uh, like especially horror movies and stuff that we'd never seen, but we'd heard about. I think that we didn't uh, think they were available. Then we find like I the '80s I'll, copy versions, and I think a lot of those movies will get discussed eventually. Eventually, in this in cast, the, in this series. So, welcome to our cast, uh, Dion Bai with Jay Blake, uh, another one of the under the pod with umbrella. Uh, tonight, we are going to talk about a a a very interesting. Uh, to say the least, movie that has been forgotten about, and I don't know if that's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. And it's uh, 1989's *The Punisher*, starring Dolph Lundgren and uh, Lou Gossett Jr. 
Yeah. Well, you know, when we were talking about stuff to do, one perfect movie that we would have watched, not together, we didn't know each other, but it was a movie that both of us remember renting. Of course, And yeah. watching. Yeah, we were, both, we were both comic book fans as, as children growing up, so it was completely geared towards us. And right now is like the age of the comic book movie. Yeah, though, certainly. The tentpole you know, movies, that's, that's all Hollywood seems to be about. Is. Though Punisher hasn't uh, really hit has fared very yeah, well with the with the motion picture. Um, this was an early attempt by Marvel. By Marvel, it's weird because if if we start throwing some facts out, it is the you take away television with the Incredible Hulk uh, and the TV movies they did, yeah. and they did the, you know the brief run of Spider Man on TV, the brief Spider Man live action series, which had a couple of movies, and then the, you're right, the Hulk. There was like a Doctor Strange. Yep. There was a Captain America uh, that was even before like the nineties. The nineteen ninety movie that didn't ended up not another another one that didn't get released uh, a theatrical release. But this is basically the f- Punisher was very popular at the time in the late eighties and nineties, um, as as well as the concept of the vigilante, Dirty Harry, Death Wish, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the rogue cop, lethal weapons, diehards, Terminators. So. To, to throw their hat in the ring of the DC success with Spy- uh, Superman and then of the same year, 1989's Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted, I wanted to mention was that, well, there's a couple of things going on. Around this time, not only do you have Tim Burton's Batman, which, um, do you think, could this have been an answer to it? Or, or it, did they just like, oh, they're making a Batman movie, maybe we should try to make a... Yeah, a, I, th- a comic book I, movie I think too because they came out the same year, so they were. That means they were in production at the same time. So, and what's weird is I don't think it came out in America in 1989. No, it didn't. It, it was shelved for a it year. It was like international, in like yeah. 1989, and then it came out like on video in like 90 or 91. Well, what had happened was um, there was uh, the company New World Pictures that ended up ma- uh, putting it together went bankrupt at the time, and because of that. It lost its uh, distributor within the U.S. And because it had no distributor and uh, you know, a bunch of no-names, it was released internationally. But it's w- weird because, for the most part, international audiences didn't really know who the Punisher was. You, know, you had yeah. to be privy to the comic book. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in it that they didn't do to promote the Punisher character. So it was released internationally. It was shelved for a year. And I think it just got a straight-to-video release in 1990. And that's how we heard about it. And um, it's interesting because it is the first Marvel movie, and it, it's the forgotten Marvel movie. And in my opinion, without starting to critique the, the, the movie itself, it does a lot of things that Marvel movies today I don't think would ever do. Yeah. You might start seeing it now that they've, they've greenlit these Netflix series. So they might try to do a little more adult-oriented content with these Netflix series, but yeah. you would never see an R-rated uh, I, I saw breasts in this movie. There's tons of fucks. There's there's, yeah. there's well, tons of stuff. It's not yeah, but and it's, it's one like, of the things. It's I, the dark movie, and it's not PC at all. I mean, it, so there's like fag is like thrown out at some point. Yeah, and it's it's basically it's it's not really a. It has the '80s mentality, which I think is brilliant, where it's appealing to a, adults yeah. and kids along for the ride because well, they know kids are going to see it. Yeah, that's one of the things you know. For people that might be a little bit younger, that might happen up across this, uh, hopping upon this cast and listen to it, and don't. It was like 1989. Batman was coming out. Um, right around that time, maybe a little bit later, was also a time where there were a bunch of 
Hulk TV movies. Yeah, trial. They were trying Hulk, to bring Devil. back the Incredible Hulk, and they were teaming him up. One was with Daredevil. One was with Thor. Um, there was a huge resurgence of comic books in the late eighties and nineties, and also New World, and also things like Canon. There was like a very huge. We were coming off of like the big Stallone, Schwarzenegger action movies, yeah, right? And there was all, and there was all these like, maybe not straight. Not all of them were straight to video, but there were a ton of like low budget. We you know it was the rise of like all the fucking Chuck Norris movies. Van Damme was becoming a big yeah, he star. Was 88, 89, he was coming out. Uh, Dolph was there doing like Steven Red Seagal Scorpion movies. Steven Seagal. It was like a big thing. So uh, Bruce Willis had just kicked his way onto the scene in 1988, a year before with Die Hard. But you had like things like Kickboxer, uh, Bloodsport, and then you know um, all the Seagal movies. Above the Law, 88, and it was like all this. There was like this. I mean, it's hard for people to imagine now when you could stream. You can go on Netflix or whatever, and you can just watch something instantly. But there was a beauty of going to a video store. And we talked about video stores in a, in a, side, yeah. in a sidecast. But you would on go through. yeah. And there was this huge market for home video in a way that you would go to a store and you would rent a movie. And so there were all these, like, Lower budget action movies. I mean, even shortly after this, uh, you get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was huge at the time. Was that 1990, 1991? Yeah, I want to say 90, but it was all around. All this was happening at the, around the same time. So you would have thought this would have been a perfect fo- for, foray for them to, if that's the right word, uh, yeah. to, to, to try to get into the mix with this. But I guess uh, a lot of stuff ended up not, I guess, working against them. Uh, and and sadly, this ended up not doing very well. And well, I don't. Th- it never. I don't think it got released here theatrically. Never did. It went no. straight to video. Straight to video. I think it premiered at like a comic book convention. Yeah, and to, and and it has a lot of is- a lot of the hardcore fans, myself included, have have had issues with it all well, these years. Let's talk about a little bit about the plot. Well, first just off, a brief summary. Yeah, um, and then I'd like to talk to you as a, as a longtime Punisher, someone who was reading Punisher at that time. Um, <laughs> I would have talked about the movie and that, but let's let's cue the listener into just a little bit of what the what the brief plot of the movie with, is. What the plot is: uh, Frank Castle has been supposedly dead with his family for five years now. He's yeah. a cop. Is is he and his family? And we were should killed. say ahead of time. There's a chance that we might spoil the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be spoiler laden, so you probably should turn this I'll, off now. I'll try, try to maybe hold back the spoilers as much as we can. Uh, but we but can't, things we, will we, get spoiled. Yeah, yeah. So you should. I'm not sure that this is a movie where if shit gets spoiled, it's only going to make that big of a deal. But, but if it is, you but I do want to. I do want to give a little disclaimer. Yeah, like me, you probably wanted to see it for yourself the first time. But he's been supposedly dead for five years. He's a cop. Him and his wife blown up in a, uh, with his two daughters. Uh, blew up in a car. Cut to. Um, uh, okay, so the guy who's the Punisher. Played Frank by Dolph Castle, Lundgren, by Dolph Frank Lundgren. Castle is thought to be dead. He's thought to be dead, and you open up with uh, the trial. It's a mistrial. The guy supposedly who the mobster who uh, supposedly had a part in his death or was the cause of his death is, is, is gets off free. Everyone's happy. Media's pissed off. Cut to he's at home. 
Uh, Punisher shows up, kills everybody. And then house blows up with the media outside. They run up. They see the Punisher there. Uh, they're like, oh, my God, it's him. He walks away. Place blows up again. And then... <laughs> Some more explosions. I mean, I think... <laughs> yeah, and then... So, basically, the idea is we have this guy who... There's a vigilante. Yeah, there's a vigilante named the Punisher. Nobody knows know who he is. is. The yes. press or somebody's calling him the Punisher. He's killed 125 people in the past five years. The cops are trying to figure out who is. Lou Gossett Jr. is the only one that thinks that this might be Frank Castle. Yeah, he might be still But alive. nobody believes him. He's crazy. Stop talking about that. Yeah, shut up. You're a drunk. <laughs> Frank Castle. Yeah. Lou Gossett Jr. is a cop in the movie. Uh, he was uh, Frank Castle's partner until Frank Castle was killed. And uh, it's I think he's been eating him away all these years because they had such a good friendship. And Lou Gossett then he's on the, the Punisher squad. Yeah, and he's looking and he he thinks that, that, that this, this reeks of the Punisher style. And the Punisher's leaving these calling cards, these little knives with at the end are skull. little skulls. So... And a, and a shitload of uh, bullet shells. And a, and a shitload of shell cases. <laughs> so um, what, what you have then is uh, the mob in the past five years, because of the Punisher has been taking them all out, is, is severely crippled. And the Yakuza comes from over from Japan and takes this time to uh, try to take over. And, they, and they, they come over and they, they, they force an ultimatum on the five families saying... Uh, we want in. We want seventy-five percent of your take. You're going to work for us. If not, you're going to die. And everybody goes, you know, fuck you in the in the very stereotyped Italian uh, ambiguous <laughs> way. You know, you fucking with me. You know, and they're like, you have twenty-four hours to decide. Our one guy, um, Franco, who is the uh, kind of the major bad guy in the movie, um, he ends up. Um, th- they have a certain time where they can meet with the yakuza and uh, and f- figure. Uh, a deal out. He says, uh, I'm, I'm, get, I'm losing myself. They, they say no to the deal, and then the Yakuza kidnaps the kids. Okay, yeah. So basically, they got a couple points going on. We got the Punisher. He's going through killing off mob guys. Yeah. We have a, a main mob guy who we think is responsible for the Frank Castle's uh, family's death. He was overseas. Yeah, with the kid. Comes back to America with the, with to the, help take care of some business because of uh, the shit that's going down, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then we have the Yakuza comes in, and they want to get in on the action. Now, we have this thing where, uh, was it Franco you said his name is? Yeah, Franco's the, uh, the, he, the, the, the head of, the, of this, of this the, one of the families. He has, like, an part. agenda in that, like... The Punisher, Johnny Franco is his name. <laughs> the, the, Played by the, Jer- Jerome Carby? Carby? Yeah, and he's the kind of guy. If you saw him, you would recognize. Yeah, he's in tons him. of stuff. He's a, he's, of he's, a, he's a Bond villain, and I think a Timothy Dalton Bond. He, he's in, he's, he's in, a, he's in all kinds of shit. Yeah, um, but he has like his own agenda, and that like he feels Punisher has taken out like as much of his like like the mob is split up into like these different families. Living daylight, he's in, and so he feels like he can kind of consolidate, bring the families, yeah, together. like unify the mob into yeah. like one strong thing. Then you got the Yakuza, Yakuza. As a retaliation against the quote unquote mob, kidnaps all their kids to force them to 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 to, to let them stronghold their way in. Yeah, which I, I, I forgot that big plot point. So after uh, he initially Punisher initially kills this guy at the beginning, they agree to unite to go after him and then just take on everything and just yeah. become this big superpower. Enter the Yuka, Yuka, uh, Yakuza. Uh, they say no to the Yakuza deal. Fuck you. The Yakuza takes the kids. Uh, they're going to meet at a said location to to, to to agree or not. 
Johnny Franco decides not to meet. He says it's a stupid idea. The other four uh, go to meet the Yakuza. Spoiler alert coming up. It's, <laughs> it's a trap. The Yakuza kills the head of the five families, and then uh, Frank Castle becomes kind of like. Uh, a savior where he goes gets the kids back yes he needs the one he needs to save the kids because we'll talk about it uh, a little more in depth there's this thing where he's kind of in a way inadvertently he's guilty of, of for, their, for them getting, getting reason why they got kidnapped in the first place so he's got to be a hero on top of being the vigilante so there's this whole thing and so we have Frank Castle versus the mob versus the Yakuza um he, he, he's he, also got Lug- Lugasa Jr. And try, and trying to so, trying to sit, solve the case, and um, and another young um, and there's a young partner, the new partner of Lugasa yeah, Jr. She she uh, she's involved. Um, her name is uh, Nancy uh, Everhart is her real name. She comes in and she's like, you know, I want to help you. I'm a I'm a Punisher. Uh, I've been reading all the Punisher files. <laughs> she was files. an undercover cop. And yeah, and she, she knows, and she's like, I, I believe you, and Lucas, like, if you believe me, all right, then I'm, 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 I'm you know, show up at 8 in the morning, we're going to go over this, and that becomes her new partner. So that's the sub-subplot of yeah. Lucas Jr. So Punisher gets the gets the kids back. He uh, is, I, think, I think it's enough of, <laughs> yeah, and, and, of a setup. I mean, you get the... Well, he, he get the, the well then he gets, he, he gets arrested, and then the head mobster, Johnny Franco, breaks him out because Johnny Franco's kid didn't get... Uh, right. the, the, yeah, the Yakuza still has... So now them. he has... That's right. Now he has to work with yeah. the head of the mob. So the, he, he breaks him out of, uh, out of prison uh, while they're transporting him to help him. So him and Johnny Franco go in to, to the Yakuza's headquarters, this building, and battle the entire <laughs> building to get him out, ending up you know, going... That's the climactic battle. He fights the Yakuza... And then they have to sort out Johnny Johnny Franco. Then have to, and then him have to sort out each other. And then that is where the movie climaxes and ends. So that is basically it in a nutshell. And I'm sorry that it's taken us this long Possibly way to get around it. A little it. confusing, but, but. It's, this is our first cast. So we'll, we'll get this will get more smooth as we go out. Um, and who knows? Maybe we've edited it down already. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, so there's like the basic plot in a nutshell. So now I want to talk to you about as a, as a Punisher fan. I mean, I enjoyed the Punisher, but I was never like a diehard reader of it um, as someone who was reading the Punisher then who still is a fan of the Punisher does this movie with this plot have to be a Punisher like is this a Punisher movie um, <laughs> or is it just one of uh, I mean it's a, if you if see there's a lot of things going on at, at, for this it, it it doesn't necessarily need to be a Punisher movie it, it's just basically it's it's an action movie and it could be anybody they, yeah. they, they try to 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 uh, to Use these elements because it's also it's topical for the time, which is very interesting. Which I find uh, the, the the stuff they tried to bring into it. I think uh, f- from Mark Goldblatt, who um, is very well known in the film industry for he's a huge editor as an editor, yeah. And he's only done three films. <laughs> one is one that we discussed about maybe doing. <laughs> yeah, Dead Heat. Uh, one of my classes. I've actually talked numerous times with Joe Piscopo about, and Joe Piscopo brought him up to me. He goes, you know, Mark Goldblatt, and I go, no. And he goes, you know, he's one of Schwarzenegger's crew, and he was talking to me specifically about Dead Heat. Was saying uh, Schwarzenegger's body double was used on uh, in Dead Heat. And a lot of the Schwarzenegger guys, the stuntmen, and all were used for Dead Heat. And Mark Goldblatt, that was his directorial debut in 1988. He um, then after uh, D- Dead Heat is a movie that. Will very likely yeah, we'll cover be a subject this. Yeah. of this. Of this uh, that had a lukewell, lukewarm reception at the box office. It did Gangbusters internationally. It's now a cult classic. 
a movie certain, that I rem- just as the Punisher I remember renting. Yeah, and watch that back in the day. So we most certainly will probably ca- uh, ca- uh, cover that in a later cast. And then in 1989, a year later, uh, Mark Goldblatt did the Punisher as a director. Now, prior to that, he his editing. You you know him from everything. He's done uh, Piranha. He's done Humanoids of the Deep, The Howling, Halloween Two, Terminator. Rambo, uh, First Blood Part Two, Commando, Jumbo Jack Flash, Nightbreed, Predator Two, Terminator Two, Last Boy Scout, Super Mario Brothers, True Lies, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, uh, Armageddon, Detroit Rock City, Hollow Man, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys Two, X Men: Last Stand, G Force, which is near and dear to my heart, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes from 2011. So this guy has done a crapload of other uh, of, 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 of and and he was an additional editor on The Rock, Tombstone, Universal Soldier, and Inner Space. Yeah. Just to make mention of, and, so uh, he has a very very. Uh, and he's an Oscar winner as well, so he yeah. has a very well uh, and uh, Rob- Robert Mark Kamen, who was the producer of the movie. He was a he's a writer. He mm. wrote Karate Kid, <laughs> and uh, so I, I had heard that there was like this big thing about because of, you know he was like the Karate guy, he drove Karate Kid, and that he wanted the martial arts scenes to be really spectacular in Punisher. But when you watch them, they're really. They're really not. <laughs> yeah, but they, I think they are for the time because I well, you you, you hear there's um, this, there was a screenwriter that was brought in Boaz Yakin, and uh, he came in to write it, and him and Kamen went head to head immediately, and they fired this Boaz, and Kamen did the rewrites, and they say here's a big thing to get off the table right now. Is that he does not have the Punisher skull in the movie? The only the only thing that they have that is related to that is on the knives. There's a little yeah. Skull. I wanted to talk to you about that. And they say there are two reasons why there's there's urban legend about this. They say uh, Marvel Comics gave the producers a restricted li- license on the property, which they solely allowed to use the title of the character, but not more specific details, which is interesting. So that's why they wouldn't let him. Uh, Use the skull, and then there's been other things alluded to this, where um, th- this guy Boraz, uh, B O A Z or something, B O A Z Yakin, he says, "quote This is this is him talking at the time to Comic Scene, and I'm going to quote him now. He says, another point I fought for was keeping the skull on the Punisher's shirt, which Cayman and Goldblatt dismissed." With statements such as, when you put Dolph Lundgren in spandex, you're going to watch out. you got to watch out because he's uh, going to look pretty silly. Please, he says. In my script, he wore almost exactly what he wears in the film, only he spray-painted the skull on a t-shirt. At a certain point, I gave up on the skull for the most part of the film and had him spray-paint it on a Kevlar vest just for the climactic scene. Even that was rejected by the producer as being too comic booky. The fact is, there is a way to do comic books on film and maintain their integrity, but the producers of this film have, sadly, little respect for the medium they were adapting. So, it's, 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 it's interesting, for whatever reason, why this skull didn't show up. And that is the huge, big reason why, I think, initially, this film, for fans, was not well-received at all. Yeah, it was, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I remember that was like a big deal. It was huge. It's like doing a Batman movie without the ears or the insignia. It's like, what the crap are you doing? But I want to look. I'm going to ask you, like, in hindsight, like, is the skull really that important? No, but in watching the movie, I think it would have been the icing on the cake. He looks pretty freaking sweet. Um, the, 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 the design of him 
His motorcycle is fucking awesome. I, I, I was digging that he's 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 living in the sub in the comic book. He lives, he has warehouses all over the tri-state area where he keeps his guns. In this movie, he's living in the sewers underneath, and that's how he's able to secretly get to the, these criminals because he he's he's navigating the the, the sewers. Which, on his by bike. the way, movies especially at that time, sewers amazingly lit for a place that you were, nobody known. was ever going to go. <laughs> Who would have known? And, and as well as clean, too, to be able to ride a motorcycle through the sewers without having to, you know, take the bike up and go up a certain level or whatever. But, like, Ninja Turtles, uh, Chud, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, Part 8. It's amazing what you, what you can the get. huge, I mean, like, you could fit, like, five people walking Gator, around Gator, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, or Alligator, I think it's called, with um, Robert Forsythe. But do you think that... Dressed like he like the like this writer was talking about. Dressed basically the same, but having the skull motif in would have been the way to do it. Because I mean, really, is like you know, like skin tight black in no, like, white go go boots. It would have been, yeah, it, you know, that was his his original outfit. I don't think would have worked. But then at the same time, when you hit the eighties, uh, the Punishers look kind of changed. He was using a trench coat. He had maybe jeans or just just you know. Uh, Khakis or just um, cargo pants. Did you see like a lot of these yeah. special? Do you feel like the Thomas Jane movie and the other movie in terms of like aesthetically? Yeah, kind of because I think it looks like wardrobe. Yeah, it, it, it's, but I think Dolph's wardrobe is great. Aside from him just not having the skull, that would have been freaking awesome. The other thing I found interesting, and I wonder if this was, you know, I don't. We have two accounts right there that you just said as to why there's no skull on his shirt. I mean, we have the the knives that have the skull, so there's that. Which I completely, to, to just point out, just overlooked as a kid. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, yeah. but it took, I remember like my second or third viewing to even realize that there, there were these little skulls on the knives. But for me now, I watch, it was a big plot point to, to point out. Because that's thing, how they're tying these murders together. Yeah, but one th- also one thing that I noticed this time, I mean, I hadn't seen it since maybe 1990. Well, we both, we should both say that we... We hadn't seen it in over 25 years, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And me being a huge Punisher fan, I always dismissed it as crap. I watched it back then. It was crap. Didn't like it for the reasons we just basically said. It was ridiculous. Didn't get a theatrical release. Uh, you know, there was no... It just showed up on video one day. You're like, what the fuck is yeah, this? And like the, t- the cover of the box was just... Him with the motorcycle, if I recall correctly. Yeah, holding like an M60. But it did say, like, the Punisher in, like, the, in the Punisher In the stylized front. letters. Yeah, close, close enough for it to look like a, a superhero movie. But one of the things that I, I noticed watching it, um, you know, he's, he's very... He doesn't look great. I mean, he's pale, you know... And he's got like this five o'clock shadow thing, which going is completely—it's uh, all makeup. Which is really the, I, the only thing that I had a problem with was that certain points that looked really bad, and other points but that looked good. The way the five o'clock shadow is, and like his pale skin with the five o'clock shadow, his face looks, looks like, like a skull. skull. Yeah, and I and, and there's certain scenes and he's got where like would, the black. He's got like dark eyes when they would dissolve in and out. I mean, it doesn't look like he's. They're not trying to make it look like he's wearing like war paint. Or no, anything, no, but, but it's just very like, symbolic. There's certain scenes where that they fade in and out, where it looks like, like the last part. It almost looks like that they they had an idea of the production design that it would his face would kind of look like a skull. Um, to get on his performance, I think he was awesome. I mean, I think Dolph... I liked his performance better than the Thomas Jane and the Ray Stevenson films because um, they, they try to humanize him in those movies. And then he doesn't really become like a complete badass. It becomes like a re- revenge movie. And it's just kind of like, yeah, he's out for revenge, but he's also out for justice. And he had these 
Dolph had these monologues, which he says he helped write in the movie, which I thought were really good. But they could either be completely cheesy, you can laugh at them, or if you're in, if you're, if you accept the movie, like I'm on board, they're really cool, and it's like him talking to God. And yeah, like, there's like this big questioning. It's like, am I? Yeah, you know, like a vehicle. Am I your? Of, yeah, of why am like I still alive? Will. Like, you know, am I here to do what I'm doing? It's like him questioning why, why, what he's doing, why he's still alive. Yeah, and almost I, the reason why I'm alive is because I am your 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 uh, what do you call that? The angel of death. For yeah. these, you know, am I the punisher, the executioner? And in a way, it's like he's justifying it to himself. Exactly. Um, another th- big thing is they 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 changed the, his his origin story. His Bible changed where instead of being an ex vet, they turned him into a cop, which was big for me. I didn't like as a child, and as well as. His family originally, he takes them for a picnic in Central Park, uh, stumbles upon a mob hit, and then his family's killed, and he survives. In this, it's a car bomb. Yeah. He survives that. It, it, he, he had a boy and girl, children. In the movie, they turned into two little girls. And they kicked a lot of this backstory out. You saw uh, in flashbacks, but prior to us uh, doing this uh, recording, uh, they come to light on YouTube and some other places, there's some outtakes of, of the movie. And... There's some original work cut openings, work print openings that you can find on YouTube. And that really um, cements the relationship he had with Lou Gossett Jr., which is only hinted at in the movie. Yeah. Uh, that they were partners, Lou Gossett it, Jr. was it's a like drunk. It's so, like if you're not really paying attention, you won't you, even you understand it. it. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, he, they were, he was a drunk. Frank Castle and his family helped him kick, kick the, the bottle. Uh, really showed him what life was all about. He he adopted them as wife Frank's wife and kids as his second family, and uh, he took it almost like his family was killed when when Frank Castle yeah. was killed. And I don't think he's going back to the bottle, but I think there are cuts that they cut out where there is he's fighting that demon and he's pouring the, the whiskey out or he's drinking again. Yeah, and yeah. and this is all told through exposition to the new partner girl, the Everhard. The actress who, who plays yeah, yeah. his new young partner, which is interesting because there's a lot of plot holes in the movie, and that's one of the biggest plot holes. Which, uh, if if they had an extended cut, is what happens to her. She she ends up uh, they knock her out when they when they bust uh, the Punisher out to help uh, go after the Yakuza, and then that's the end of her character. <laughs> so it's like it would be nice because there's a deleted scene where Lou Gossett goes and visits in the hospital. And he's like, "You all right?" and gives yeah. her some flowers, and she says, "I talked to Frank. Frank loves you, whatever." Uh, so it would be nice for them to tie that up. Now, that said, they did the movie for, for, for under $10 million. They filmed it in Sydney, Australia, which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes that shows because Frank is supposed to be from New York, the Punisher, New York City. And I don't know why they didn't just film it here, but they... Well, I mean, why know, do they ever film anything in Canada or yeah. now Eastern Europe's a big place. They tried as hard New as they Zealand could. New Zealand is a big place to shoot stuff. I mean, sure, it has to do with money. Yeah, they they tried to make it look as much like a, 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 one of our bergs as possible. But, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know. That was the that's the other thing about like New York during that time. Like when I went to go see the last Punisher movie, yeah. the more most the Ray recent Stevenson one, one the War, Zone. War, Zone. War Zone. As I came out, there used to be. I used to go like first showing on a Friday if it came out when I wasn't working and I would come out and sometimes there would be there would be this girl that would be outside with like a camera crew and she would she was shooting a, like a like a video thing blog that she would have she had a website where she reviewed movies and she would talk to people as they came out and so since I was always at the movies <laughs> you became friendly with her every time I would come out they would ask me 
about the about a movie. So I remember I came out and thought, and she's like, "So what did you think of it?" And I was like, "You know what? It was this is the the, the Ray uh, Stevenson the, yeah, the war la- zone, the last one." And I was like, "You know, it's so much like like the New York in that movie is like the New York in like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the, the Crow, or you know, it's like." It's so that movie was so nineties that like, in a way, like I was very nostalgic for me. You liked it, like, like the, I, the cake, poli- the cake car, police cars. It was a the, little uh, cheesy. I mean, the movie itself was a little cheesy. I haven't seen it since I saw it. The movies. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely like it wasn't. I didn't love the movie, but there were things about it that were so nostalgic for me. In that, it felt like a movie that would have been made at the time that this mo- that the Dolph Lundgren movie we're talking yeah. about was made. Um, it's interesting that that movie suffers. Uh, the plot's kind of weak. Ray Stevenson at the time, he's Irish. He was having a, a really hard time mastering an American accent, so they just decided not to have him talk that much. Yeah. And uh, at the time, uh, one of the best uh, runs of the Punishers, the Punisher Max series that started like 2004 to I think like 2012, that Garth Ennis did. It, it, it is amazing, and I, I wholeheartedly. Recommend it to any Punisher or just any comic book fan who likes that kind of um, world. And I think they tried to, the movie, The War Zone, tried to, for the plot holes, they tried to just amp up the gore to the max Garth Ennis, he was doing in the comic book. And I think that it suffers. You know, I think the only saving grace of of that movie was the, the gore factor, but then it just fell apart with everything else. But with this Dolph Lundgren movie, you know, first of all, Dolph Lundgren. I mean, at that point, I guess Rocky Four. It was like his third starring role. Maybe when did he did Red Scorpion? Red Scorpion, in and then maybe it was after that. Well, like around that time, had to be Masters of the Universe. Yeah, and and, uh, and those films were Rocky Four was gangbusters in the theater. Uh, Masters of the Universe did very well. I think uh, Red Scorpion did well enough to be like it was like Cobra. It was a hit, and then it yeah. you know went to you know I, I remember I saw that like. First weekend it was out on video, and that's the last time I've ever seen it. So maybe this could be that could <laughs> Jay be another Chattoy one. did the music, you know. So it's like it's one of those, it, it's it's one of those films where he was probably just doing these in succession. He was a guy who was, uh, he's very smart. He, he was like his, you know, he's like a scientist of some sort. Well, he 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 was bartending at the time, hooked up with Grace Jones, became Grace Jones's, I think, trainer boyfriend. That's how he got into. But film. he was at one point he was a heavyweight kickboxing champion for not America, but in in I think in Australia and somewhere else. I mean, he was actually like a like a fighter. Yeah. Um, and then he be, and he became a model at some point, and it was you're right. I think it was Grace Jones that kind of discovered him, and then and he also helped design NASA's toilets that are now in the space uh, station. He, so he helped. Got, and he went to. He, yeah, he's very smart. And he he's went to a like, very interesting guy. Yeah, um, and he's had a career all these years. I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of straight to video stuff. I mean, Universal Soldier was probably the last thing that I remember it being like a big. Yeah, and that was a good deal. Movie. That's, that's fair. That's um, another one we can cover on another this. movie. Screen Factory or Shout Factory just put out a somewhat of a special edition of uh, two, under two titles. I forget which title they use. It's either Dark Angel. Is one title and the other title is "I Come in Peace." Oh yeah, I remember he that plays movie. a cop. There's like two pieces. cops. Yeah, yeah, and one's like an alien, <laughs> yeah, battling an alien guy. Um, but yeah, so he he was coming to this, and, and I think it just it all for the wrong reasons fell apart. Yeah, and uh, because of the the, the the plot holes, because of the distributor, New World going bankrupt, losing their uh, distributor, uh, 
it, it fell through the cracks. And then with the the the, the general audience is not knowing who the heck he is because, like you just pointed out, it is pretty much a generic kind of story to a certain extent for the Punisher. And the the fans not liking it because they changed the backstory, took away the skull, which is kind of clutch for Punisher fans. It fell through the wayside. Now yeah. that being said, what did you think of the movie? Um, you know what? I was fine with it. You know, like it was again, it was very nostalgic. Um, so I don't know how if somebody watched it today for the first time, the watched it today and wasn't like I don't know if somebody was like twenty five watched it today. I would think it's just a piece how of they garbage. how they would feel about it. For me, I watched watching it was very nostalgic. Yeah. There was a lot of things. Um, some of the things that I, I wanted to point out, and this is, has to do with the movies at that time, and also specifically this movie. Um, but this, when you talk about how his story kind of changes, he's not an ex, uh, ex vet. He's not a vet. He's a cop. So like, there's this. He's a very like skilled and like assassin at this point. So he goes from being like a cop to being like. <laughs> you know, it's like, at least it's like maybe a Green Beret or something. Somebody that was in Vietnam yeah, he has some or sort something. Of, like you would, you could make that jump that he would have like the skills, some kind of this. training to become. Well, there's like, there's a lot there's of there's a lot of stuff that's very professional, like the professional. Well, I was going to say that that there's shades and and there's shades of a couple movies in here that have that weren't made yet. There's the opening sequence is completely out of Leon the Professional, where you have. Um, Leon, the hitman, going to Luke, you, Luke, the classic Luke, Luke Passant. Yeah, it was Jean Reno. Are you free Tuesday? I'm a free Tuesday. And he goes to, and, and that opening sequence looks like it's completely, I wouldn't say a ripoff, but it's like this opening sequence of him taking out these, this, this, this mob family in this mansion. Um, later on in the movie, the, the, all the Yakuza scenes are very much like Kill Bill with the reds. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 and there's a lot of silhouette type yeah, stuff. And, and, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of knife Things being seen while they're being thrown, <laughs> and I thought that was great. In the yeah, editing, yeah. I thought is because Goldblatt is an editor. I thought a lot of the sequences were tight, the fight scenes and all that, and it was topical at the time. Um, you have Year of the Dragon, Karate Kid, and then like in 1988 or 89, you had uh, Black Rain. So like, we were mystified by the Japanese, the Orient, the Asia. You know, that's like, whoa, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of scary to us. We don't understand them. So I thought it was kind of topical for them to bring the Yakuza in. And I love that line that she says where she's, she's like throwing it down with the mob. And she's like, you know, 500 years ago when you, you, your ancestors were like still fucking goats off the Mediterranean on islands, we were running the, the, the vices in Asia. And it's like, that's, that's, it's like, there's some really good lines in the script. Yeah, yeah. And there's another one he gives... Uh, Dolph Lundgren, where um, where the, they they ask him like you know um, you've killed Luke Gossett Jr. says you've killed uh, 125 people in five years. What do you call that? And he goes, I call it work in progress. I'm like that's <laughs> that's like this great line. That's, that was the that was the the year of uh, you, you know, know those were those that was the 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 time and for, it's, uh, for like and it's interesting witty comebacks and like taglines it, and it, stuff. It's the dark Marvel film in a sense where. You could see that by bringing the Yakuza in and then having them in this building where you go into the building then you have to have a key in the elevator to go to the upper floors where the Yakuza uh, uh, mafia is. It's very much like a Marvel, Kingpin, uh, Wolverine, bad guy kind of a thing where it's like Cobra yeah, from like yeah. G.I. Joe that he has to fight. So it has that comic book kind of a feel. And 
at the same time, it's just so dark. You can never see Marvel doing this stuff now. So I was, I was like loving that. That it's like, you know, fuck you. Or, or the violence, like where she sticks the... She, she, she kills everybody, the, the, the mob guys, by poisoning them. But the one mob guy didn't drink because he doesn't drink. So she puts the gun in his mouth. It's like, oh! <laughs> she shoots. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, or the earrings. And that she has, like, a daughter who, I don't know how she's his, her daughter, but she's because she looks American, but she doesn't talk. This gorgeous ninja that yeah. Dolph ends up fighting. And I love that fight sequence at the end where he's like, she's got stuff coming out of her, her boots that are knives and, he's, and she takes her earrings off and she's stabbing him and then he just, he picks her up and he throws her against the wall and he's trying to break her throat and he, she, she still, so he just ends up cracking her neck and it's just, it's like, it's great. It's like, they don't really pull any punches and it's very yeah. un-PC now. And, you know, I also found, you know, this hasn't, that also in the beginning credits, executive producers, producer Stan Lee like the, all the Marvel movies now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and he was like a consultant as well. He's like, you know, some sort yeah, of... Yeah, something like that. Some, some sort of, of consultant in it. But uh, other things, we talk about, you know, a lot of the mob um, movies of that time, and this movie's a culprit. I just think it's a very funny thing. Of like, you know, they're supposed to, obviously supposed to be some kind of like Italian mob, but none of them look like they're Italian. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not no. even close. And I then mean, even you, though, even the, our lead actor here, this Johnny Franco that we said, uh, he he's Dutch and yeah. he even has like a Dutch accent. But it works because you know I don't know if that's a falling point of the movie itself because you get into the eighties episodes of the A Team or, yeah. or or just all saying, this. It's, like, it's a product of the time. Yeah, where it's like, these guys like don't the look mafia. like they don't look like anything. Like they just have then, as long as they have slick back hair, then, then, then they could be. Mob. And then there's a, there's a funny part where it's like. Uh, there's a scene like at the docks and it's like at that point the mob guys become so fucking cliched and so it's like hey you know look at that fucking guy yeah, where's those fucking yeah. fr- and then those, got- those French <laughs> they like this oh yeah and it's like a lot of they're, like, they're, un- they're, they're having a coke deal the French are supposed to be bringing like it's know, a lot like, of like PC stuff about like you know gay stuff like yeah, you won't fag yeah. Yeah. but it's crazy. but though. then <laughs> what I think is funny is like it's all that and it's like the F-bomb using the word fag and then the guy's like alright I gotta go take a pee <laughs> <laughs> or the other guy gets mad and my wife pointed out he said he said uh, what did he say he said uh, cool out Instead of chill out, so it's like it makes you like cool off and chill out. He says, "Cool out, man." It's like yeah, you know, it's yeah. like they, they were still trying to work on that saying in the late eighties. There, <laughs> well, it's also Australia. And, well, it's uh, a, but I just think it's funny. It's like I'm not going to take a. I'm, he's not going to take a piss <laughs> or, or whatever. He's he's got to go take. He's a mob guy, tough mob guy. He's got to go take a pee. Um, I love the Steadicam stuff. There's a lot of Steadicam stuff of in the in the, of, of of him meditating in the sewers. Yeah, and the, and the Steadicam stuff, and it's almost like his mind, and it's and. Uh, I know. I, I think he he did great as as the the character. He's very cold. He's very. He looks. He's pale, like you said. Looking. He's sweating all the time. He's got bags under <laughs> his eyes. Sweaty. He's sweaty. He's uh. He's got some serious guns. I mean, the plot holes. It's like, where does he? Is he buying gas? Where is he getting these guns? Does he have to? Well, there's that because there's also the the '80s cliche of like it's like never ending supply of like bullets, and nobody can hit him either. It's he like the commando he's, syndrome. No, he's like, he's a, he's just for one scene. He's just for a lot of the movies. He's just using a shotgun. Yeah, and he's just like, <laughs> and it's and great. He though. never has to reload. You know, it's like there's some really good scenes where he's like, you know, and then then he goes to to, to save the kids. And it's like a trap because they and they end up kidnapping the Punisher before he's able to break out and get the kids. He goes to this old carnival, which is it says it's the Coney Island Carnival, and and it's like a trap. And he's fighting, but it's a great sequence where the stuff gets turned on. and He goes on one of these these floors, the, these rotating floors, and he's on yeah. there. He's he's fighting ninjas yeah, and all that, yeah. and he's got his bike, and it's and then you, he wakes up and he's he's on the rack, 
and he's able oh, to get yeah. the, he's able there's to get a, out there's that. a couple of things I, I can't did you that. notice the guy's shoes <laughs> <on> the <rack? laughs> he's he's on like he's on a he's on the rack and that he's being stretched as torture yeah he's also i have to before we get into that i want to talk about that he's got a little bit of a sidekick which is supposed to be in the comic books he had a guy named microchip and microchip was the guy that would supply him with information through the computer supply him with weapons supply him with armaments so that punisher wasn't doing everything himself he kind of had like the uh the computer guy and they kind of scrapped that and they gave him this british he's like he's like an old actor who's now like homeless and drunk so and he's and he's going to bars uh trying to like get have people take pity on him so he can get a drink and he gets kicked out of these bars and then uh you know Frank Castle, there's a st- how how we how we see that they're together is that there's a little remote, a really cool looking remote control truck. I love, I love that. Basically, the actor comes out. We don't know that he's connected to, to he gets Punisher. thrown out. He gets thrown out of a bar, and then this little remote control like eighteen wheeler like, truck, yeah, like, with a, with a bottle of Johnny Walker, with a, <laughs> bottle of fucking whiskey on, comes up. And then drives away into an alley, and, and then he's like, "Oh!" And he follows it into the, <laughs> into the alley, and it and leads then, to his feet. And uh, Frank Castle. So I love that it. the Punisher has like a, a remote, remote control, control car. Yeah. And he knew <laughs> this would work. And not only did he know it would work, that he, he had somehow he had the the, the, the bottle be able to because if you. You put a bottle of whiskey yeah. on a thing and you try it. Ooh, the bottle's going to fall over. So yeah. he, he's fixed he's, it there. So he's, he's, he's working. He's a tape. He worked this out. <laughs> yeah, he took some gaff tape off one of the like, uh, set designers. You know, there was some thought put into like, I should get a remote control truck. Or maybe he's bored in the sewer. <laughs> and, that's uh, his hobby. <laughs> he just likes he's to He's done work. cleaning his weapons, you know. And, uh, and then the other thing about, which I find it, I, it was a little weird at first, is that the guy, the actor, and the thing that's not... That's weird about it is that it's not consistent, but there's Barry like, Otto is the guy. Is the, but the actor talks in rhymes. Yeah, at one at point some, at some saying, point because <laughs> he he kind of he he's when the kids are kidnapped he he feels this guilt so he goes down into the sewers looking for the Punisher and it's a pretty cool sequence where he's he, and now everything the lights are off for some reason yeah. and he's walking around lighting and then matches. one goes on. And he well he lights a match and it's right by the Punisher's face and it's like oh my god it's like there's the Punisher it's very it's very effective and he's like you know what do you want and then, <laughs> and and he's like they've stolen the children and you must stay. he's like it's not my war you know some one of them things but then the Punisher's trying to ignore him and he's turning his bike on and this guy's yelling at him like it's your fault you you, you did this and this is what you were alluding yeah, to before yeah. but I notice he's saying it in rhyme he's yeah. like you have to get out by the time it's your rhyme to be fine <laughs> it's, like, it's all like a big like limerick yeah yeah. That he that he does, and then he he talks a little bit in rhymes later in the movie, but just like at first, it's very weird, and you're like, wait, like, well, maybe because he's supposed to be an old yeah, he's supposed to be, But what's weird is that it's not consistent. You know, yeah. it's just like that one scene, and like it's kind of jarring at first. He's like, wait, what? Did that all rhyme? I actually had to like rewind it. Yeah, it was, it was, like, it was is weird. It meant to be. And evidently, he's a he's a, a character actor in Australia. And he was in Strictly Ballroom a year after, and he, so he's been in some stuff. And it's just it was so odd the. Uh, it just it was odd for him as a character and, and you didn't, they never really said who he was yeah, yeah. so how he's getting this information except that he's just no. a drug that hangs out in the bars and no you're f- right and then we flash forward to they, he, to they they get the Punisher botched attempt the Yakuza capture the Punisher not only do they capture him they capture his little they, they capture the the, the actor the ex the, ex, the drunk. thespian the drunk 
And so they have them both on racks, and they're going to torture them by stretching them out. You know, the old school style, like Spanish Inquisition. But very new style technology. (laughs) They have it's all like very RoboCop-esque. I don't even remember what what information they want. They want, what do they want from the Punisher? I forget what they wanted. Like, what information could he really have? I forgot what they... They wanted something from him and he wouldn't tell him and then he was just answering smartly and it, it looked really painful though what they were doing to So him. they uh, they stretch him out. Punisher's keeping his mouth shut. So the chick from the Yakuza, the head of the Yakuza, she's like, well, if you know, you t- handle well, you handle pain well, but like, how, let's see how you handle somebody else in pain. And so they start stretching out his buddy. Yeah, and the other... Because he's, he's been on the table with the blanket on him. And he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Of course he doesn't give a shit. He's the Punisher. He's not going to care. I know, but I look because it's like, not even like a glint, of like a glimmer of like, like I should talk, but I can't talk. They don't give a shit. He start, they stretch out his friend. The chick doesn't really know what to do at that point. And the, the, <laughs> she's like, fuck. <laughs> so, so she's like, I'm going to leave you with, there's like this quote unquote doctor type character. Yeah, the Japanese Who's guy. the guy doing the torturing. So he's like messing. So she leaves. He's messing with the the doc, the doctor torture guys messing with the the thespian sidekick, and uh, Frank Castle starts like unscrewing the the nut to that's holding the, his yeah, that's holding his the, hand the, onto the, the thing. So he breaks out, you know, and then does he throw the guy on the rack? I don't he even shoots remember. a couple. He shoots a couple of guards. And then he gets the guy. He puts it. Up, he puts him on the rack that the friend was on. So, and then, and they, then it's revealed that this guy who's like in a in like a white coat, like a white like lab coat, that he's wearing red high heels. Yeah, he's wearing like stilettos. <laughs> and it's not even alluded to. It's just you see in a long shot. They they say something to him. They turn the shit on. They turn it off. And they're about to leave. Punisher runs back, turns it on, and leaves it on, and they leave the room. But in that long shot, you see he's re- wearing like. High heels, and it's like, is that from a deleted scene? Was that was <laughs> somebody just, just fucking Asian, around? Little Asian guy in like a white lab coat and red stiletto heels. Uh, what did you think? I thought the bad guys were actually pretty cool. I mean, I, I read online a lot of people were like, I hate the Yakuza. The movie falls apart when it's basically like you know, Punisher on a bus with some bunch of kids. Uh, I I thought the Yakuza was pretty neat to bring them in, and it's like, what else do you do with that? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, you can't. It may not sustain the whole movie him fighting mobsters. So let, let's bring the what's better than just Italian mob at the time. Oh, and it, I mean, I'm all for it. And it was mean, also timely too because around that time, with the fall of John Gotti and the fall of the Giuliani killing the mob in the late '80s, you had that's when you started to get like the Jamaicans, the Chinese, the the uh, the, the triads, the Yakuza, all the Russians, the Albanians coming into America to take over where the mob had lost their grip. So it's very topical in that sense where. You have the, the, the very mysterious uh, mob from the Orient that's coming in and is going to take over everything. And I found that very cool. And I found that girl great, the, 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 the mobster that, that they have being uh, you know, the head one. She's ruthless and she was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any problem with the Yakuza. I mean, I think by far, I think for this kind of movie, I think the Yakuza is probably just a much more interesting in general yeah, because how long way of organized stay? crime than even, than an American yeah mob that he would have mob. I mean, you um, get the it's you know you get the culture is visually interesting well, to begin with, and they're almost the supervillain there. They're, they with them being in the in the corporation, they become that Marvel. Yeah. They're like and they're like nin, there's like ninjas and and shit like that. He's, I, I'm telling you, the whole end thing was it, 
for me, it just looked like Kill Bill, where he's in these, he, he's in the top floors, and they have like the paper walls, and I love that. There's scenes where he's flying through the walls, and he's taking people out, and they're fighting, and and and, and they they knock the power out of the building, so the emergency lights comes on, so it just gives them an excuse to have just red. Yeah. yeah. So you have the, these all these shots of them in red fighting. I thought it was brilliant. I liked all that. Yeah. No, it was cool. I, you know, um, <laughs> the other thing I thought was kind of funny though is that like the the American quote unquote Italian the the mob not the Yakuza but the other person like their layer is like all cement kind of futuristic very Robocop like the door is like circular and it kind of it's very like future like science fiction like future opens like you know it's just like and they all sit at like this table but yet there's like ancient Greek statues and like a very cliche like a big uh, crucifix because you know they're Italian or whatever. Roman Catholics. But their layer was kind of cool too but it was like what a weird like, What do they do set. there? They just hang out at <laughs> yeah, the table. Yeah, they seem to just, just hang out there. And that's a bunch of anything. Although, but I liked, I kind of, even though they didn't look at all Italian, I was I liked the, 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 the actors who were playing them. Like the one guy that's like, fuck you, bitch. And then, you know, and the other one, and then he breaks, she breaks one of their arms when they make their first appearance. And when they ultimately, she ends up killing him in the Italian restaurant when the hit, which is kind of ridiculous. Everybody in the, yeah, it's like a little old lady, everybody's like a nerdy guy. Is, yeah, they're all hitmen in the restaurant, so they all kill him. Um, um, what did you think of Lou Gossett Jr. in this? Um, I think it's a weird... I mean, as a performance or whatever, like I don't have any really like opinion as to like Lou Gossett Jr. as an actor in it. I mean, the part... Like, the, the part it's a very cliched It's tough. It's part. tough they're giving it to him. Um, you know, like like I said in the beginning, he's a guy. He he's the only one that thinks it's Frank Castle. Like he knows it's Frank Castle. Nobody believes him. You know, his like yeah, because he gets chastised at the beginning. He's like when, when like if you don't when, knock this shit off, yeah, you're, you're gonna, gonna go, be pushing papers yeah. or whatever. Whatever. You're going back to the zombie squad, <laughs> Cobretti. You know, he's like, like, come on. He's the only one that believes it. Nobody believes him. And I don't know why people won't look at, look, run down that, that angle down. You know, why won't they like, well, you know, we never found a body. Maybe because they don't really explain. Could be another thing on the cutting room floor. Uh, did they bury Frank Castle? I mean, if Frank Castle was alive and they think he's dead, does that mean that, that they had to, did Frank Castle switch the body? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like they buried him and he broke out of the coffin like circa Kill Bill 2 or something. But at the same point, like, I understand the need for a character to take us through the story, kind of. I mean, it's just, he's, he's basically, unfortunately, like, his character is really just a plot device. Yeah. To kind of introduce us to the fact that there's this guy i mean and then eventually it becomes like the punisher's story to uh, to uh, more of an extent but in the beginning it's very much like he's our conduit into the into the plot i mean i personally thought he was absolutely phenomenal i mean he was just going to t- he looked like he thought he was going to be like you know maybe doing an oscar now here. <laughs> i mean every scene well, he's, he's a got, good actor man. yeah that's that's, that's, when that's he what it does is. it he brings you know it, yeah he's know? like an ernest borgnine where it's like you can give him the it looked like the worst dialogue and he'll make it great and uh, I, from again, from what I was reading prior and looking at uh, prior to us doing this cast, there's a lot of stuff 
that explores their characters that were just left on the cutting room floor of him being an alcoholic and Frank Castle really putting the family, uh, pulling him out of it and, and giving him a family. And the only part that really alludes to that, which I thought was a standout scene in the film, was when he goes, when Punisher gets captured. Yeah. Lou Gossett, uh, he finally feels vindication that he was right, it was Frank Castle. And they were like, holy shit, it is Frank Castle. And he goes to the jail cell to, uh, to talk to him. And then that scene, I think, is fucking brilliant, where he's like slapping, you know, his old partner, he's like, and he's like, tell me, you know, and then he's like, I can't, and he's like, tell me what it was just like, it was really, I was like, I was like on my edge of my there, seat there. there is, it, it, it's a great scene, and unfortunately, nobody's going to know this reference, but yeah. there's, there is an aspect of that scene that reminds me very much of a scene between you and I in a movie <laughs> called Twinkle Rainbow. <laughs> what scene is that? <laughs> because they're sitting, they're in the, they're in the, prison and they're like uncomfortably close to each other oh yeah, yeah. Well, because it's a small it's a small uh <laughs> but it's like they're so close it's like uncomfortable it's like they're gonna kiss at some point that's like how un- like how much lugasa jr is like invading his space well, I, his but then it, space. it seems like it works in a sense where he's because he's trying to, i forget what he's trying to get him to admit that you know you've been doing it or whatever or you're you're still alive or come back to us that kind of a thing oh because he, he says you know what are you doing Frank he's like Frank Castle's dead yeah, you know yeah. so he's, he's fucking gone and, and Lugas I think is trying to bring him back and, oh and he was saying to him he's like you know they're gonna give you the fucking chair you've killed 125 people what the fuck plead insanity or something and I, I think it's something like that and he's like no I don't care let yeah, them do yeah. what they want to me and Lou you could tell Loves him because you know he's like you know he's like come on it's like it was like oh it was like it was so breathtaking I yeah. know but if you watch it even I, even initially I think he goes in and sits down or something they're just sitting so close to, they're just so close to each other it's kind of funny yeah they're very they're very uh, <laughs> and like they're, they're really like tight. you know Lou Adolf we need to get you both in this shot a little closer a little Can closer you scooch in a little bit um and, and, and another thing that they, that they left on the cutting room floor which I saw was there's there's some dream sequences which I thought are really cool of. The Punisher driving around on his aimlessly on his bike in the subways, and he's seeing his wife, and it's and it's cut really well, and the music's done really well. Uh, I'll have to put a link to, in the cast to these uh, to to these deleted scenes, and it's like, and then you see like he's uh, he's like screaming on the on, on the bike at some point, uh, you know, where he's like, you, know, you see him like a fill of dread, and then he wakes up, and he's 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 in the you know he's he's down in the. Uh, in the what do you call it in the in the in the sewers and he's, you can tell he's having nightmares about his children and it's 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 all very interesting and and it's it's weird that the it's it always fascinates me what ends up being on the cutting room what is chosen to be put on the cutting room floor when you know if it's only like a shot or or an extension by a couple seconds of of a, of a scene that what they choose to put on the floor which I sometimes think could help the movie or could hurt the movie you know yeah. like you and I have a great affinity for Tombstone. Uh, which Goldblatt evidently helped edit, and uh, I think you do too. I love the extended edition that they did that they released of Tombstone uh, years later. And one of the reasons why I like it is that they actually cut. They they did a cut where the the the, the deleted scenes are actually in the movie, so it's an extended cut, much yeah, like yeah. they did with Terminator Two. And you don't get that a lot. Usually, yeah, the I mean sometimes like sometimes you material. sometimes you watch scenes, you're like, okay, I get why it came out. But there are some movies. Um, 
Army Darkness is a great example Ooh. of a movie where, like, and even the television cut has more shit than the director's cut. Yeah. But it's also shit that just makes the movie make more sense sometimes. And you wonder why it came out. Because in the case of, like, Army of Darkness, and I don't want to get into, like, an Army of Gar- Darkness tangent, but that movie's only, like, 83 minutes long. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah, well, why? What's the point of, yeah, what, what are you trying to, what, what are you trying to make? You know, you could have bumped it up to 85. Yeah. And had a scene make sense. But, uh, yeah, sometimes the deleted scenes are really interesting. Sometimes you, you understand why when you watch them. Like, yeah, yeah, I get why it came out. But uh, as a whole, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you, you're a guy into The Punisher. You were into The Punisher as a kid. You saw this movie, wrote it off in yeah. 1990, 1990. Well, it was probably 90, 91. You saw it. You completely wrote it off. Haven't seen it for 20 plus years. So now. Loved it. 2014. Loved it. I, I mean, it's not on great. The heel, on the heels of things like the Avengers. I think, I think it is. <laughs> Dark Knight. It is the lost Marvel film. It is the lost R rated Marvel film. It is something that they probably will never pony up to. It is something that you'll probably never get again. Maybe, like I said, we'll get it in the Netflix uh, connotations or the, or, the, or the rehashes there uh, in some sort of. Um, some sort of thing, but I liked it so much better than I originally had when I seen it, and I think I like them better than the two subsequential, the Thomas Jane two thousand four, and then the Ray Stevenson two thousand seven or eight War Zone. I think they it holds up better. Like you said, it reeks of B movie, cheesy, formulaic. Uh, everything that it has against it is there, but I don't know how. It would, like you said, how it would stand up for a younger audience to watch it uh, going into it completely blind and not having the the the, the, the knowledge we have of the era yeah. so I think uh, an educated audience might appreciate it but an uneducated you just put it on and they might think it's cheesy as all hell like my wife when she's like oh okay it was a cheesy movie it was good but it was cheesy I don't think it it, it's anywhere near the cheese of the unreleased Fant- uh, Fantastic Four, Roger Corman <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, which we might talk about. Yeah. I watched that recently. So that could be um, a future And that cast. was another movie. You know, we might do that as a cast. I mean, it's not available. It was never released. But there was a mo- There was a part about of that movie, again, that I watched it uh, recently. You can find it online. But uh, very nostalgic. I mean, it's very much of the era. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know... The appeal of this movie for me, and 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 um, I enjoyed it. You and know, I you know we um, you grew up very much a Steven Seagal fan. I grew up very much a Van Damme fan. Yeah, um, we might have go head to head on one of these casts as a double as a double header Van yeah. Damme versus a sleepover double feature, <laughs> a sleepover double feature. But it's very much. Um, it's a movie of like the late '80s and early '90s, uh, and it's a, it's like almost a a perfect example of what those kinds of movies, a straight to video or a lower budget action movie, was like back then. It's like a time capsule. Yeah, basically, <laughs> we 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 went into our backyard, took up a time capsule with the VHS tape, we watched it back in 1990. Dan and I we <laughs> dug a hole, we put and we put a, a, a clamshell VHS copy of The Punisher in there. I mean, it has tits in it. You will never get away. It has everything that the, uh, uh, a 2014-15 Punisher movie would need that they yeah. probably wouldn't do. And that's but not as gory. Not as, as gory as the other... As the, 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 the Ray last, Stevenson. As yeah, this the, last one. Uh, a couple highlights I liked was that... Did you notice that the... Uh, it might have been the first scene of, you know, like in Dark Knight and then of... Uh, what's the new... The new uh, um, 
what's the new Bond movie that just came out? Uh, oh, Skyfall. Skyfall. You know, there's that. Everybody was doing that plot where the bad guy gets captured in the cell and he gets. The Punisher had that. I was like, you know, they, they capture him like you know right at the end of the second act, third act, or like you know he gets he gets broken out. Of that I like the gay elevator operator. Remember they blew the elevator, and Luke the cops are trying to figure out how long it'll take for him to reinstall a panel so he they can get the elevators working to go up to the top floor, which bought. Uh, the Punisher and this Franco some time to, to take out the Yakuza and the guy's like I don't know it may take 10 <laughs> minutes so there's just little little things in it I think it's I think it was very good um, I think it has a lot of things that were um, that were hampering it but I I, I think it's completely I, I completely recommend it it, it, it exceeded my expectations of, of, of what uh, this movie was going to be and it may be my pu- favorite Punisher movie at the moment uh, out of the three how about you um you know, to be honest, the last two were completely unforgettable. Yeah. Last time I saw either one of them was at the movie theater. Yeah. And you have no uh, uh, <laughs> urge to go seek it out again. You know, like, if it was on TV, maybe I would watch it. Yeah. I remember thinking the Thomas Jane one was kind of ridiculous, but in, like, an enjoyable way. Even for back then, it was ridiculous, for 2004. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm the, you know, Dion knows for me, it's like, I am... I could, for me, like, you could not cast somebody worse as a bad guy than John Travolta. Oh. And I don't know why they keep doing I, that. I, I completely agree with you. And I, the only thing I liked about the Thomas Jane movie was, like, the last 15 minutes, it, it, to me, was a Punisher movie. But My even, favorite part of the Thomas Jane movie is that when I saw it at the movies with a friend of ours, Aaron, when it was done, there was, like, two, like, younger teenage guys behind us. And one of them was like, yo, that shit was hard. And that's my favorite part of that movie was that guy's re- reaction. To I got it. a little silly that one, you know, because the beginning is a complete ripoff of Mad Max when he kills the whole, oh. family, you know, and then then Roy, 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 Roy Scheider in it, and then they they go like the way of like the uh, Desperado and El Mariachi where they have the, the you know, so it's just yeah. But so, I would love to, you know, I would love to, and hopefully we'll do it. I would love to visit more. Of the comic book era movies, uh, comic book movies of that era. Well, maybe whether we do, like, we'll work fantastic. our way up to like the punit- the the the, the, bat- the Tim Burton's Batman. Maybe, well, that maybe be, like, we the- could do Tim Burton's Batman. Maybe we'll do that Fantastic Four, which was like ninety four. Yeah, but uh, Rocketeer, Rocketeer is a cl- classic do for, a, for you and me. Howard the Duck, or the <laughs> Shadow, or, or, uh, you know, all, all there's a whole Cap- the Phantom, that, Cap- that Captain, that America. Captain America that they never released. So, uh, so I guess it kind of. It, 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 the Punisher led Marvel into a weird time where they then after nineteen ninety they tried Captain America that kind of bombed. They then they they tried this this they weren't even planning to release the the damn uh, Fantastic Four Roger yeah. Corman move that never saw a lot of day so it didn't well, really took it ten question, years for them to get on back to, to the to the X Men. Well, Bla- I think Blade was before X Men. Oh yes, that was ninety seven ninety eight. Yeah, stab. But it is it does like I don't know. It begs the question as to like. If you were going to really do a Marvel movie, I mean, this was really supposed to be like their entry it, level. It seems like the their, first their like, answer to like the some, Batman, somewhat big budget, yeah, uh, production. I mean, it's sm- a small, a smaller budget, but you know, definitely a bigger budget than the t- television movies and stuff that they were doing that were supposed to be pilots for potential TV shows. Marvel had never really hit it. In, in any kind of uh, motion picture, any kind of moving media, other than the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Spider-Man series wasn't necessarily um, Success. successful. Yeah. It only lasted for like a season or so. Um, but again, I, I think uh, it, it's, a, it's almost a topic for another cast, but I think it's a lot of... If you, they keep changing their source material, you know, and that was 
you know, and, I mean, the Hulk was a hit, but you know, there's a lot of stuff. If they change the back, the backstory, it kind of. But DC had Superman, which Richard Donner Superman paved um, the way, you know. And then of course it had the, the '60s Batman show, but then of course coming on the heels or right around the same time as this Punisher was going to be Batman, which kind of fucking changed movies in a way, yeah, to a certain extent. So it makes me wonder, like, why they chose the Punisher. I think it was because he was so popular at the time, and it was their entry into the action movie, uh, the Schwarzenegger, Stallone, yeah. Bruce Willis, uh, 80s. It seemed, yeah. You know, uh, the cop, the renegade, the vigilante, the, you know. Yeah, and also probably because he's one of the, he's like one of the only Marvel characters that isn't, have, doesn't really have a superpower. Yeah, so you don't need a big budget so, just so to have it's not him. A budget, it's not shitty, a big effects. Movie. Yeah, you don't need to have shitty effects that would look bad. And at the same time, it, uh, you know, it, it gives you that R-rated potential where they're able to go out and they're able to to, to hit the, the market for the, for that, the, uh, you know, the action movie fan. You know, and and not have to worry about it coming off cheesy as Spider Man or yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that was. But, so I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're both recommending it. Yeah, I I, I completely say go check it out. Recommend <laughs> get some it. friends together yeah. on a Saturday night, have a sleepover, and, and watch it. Yeah. Get all tucked in. Your, your you get your Elio's pizza out and get your uh, your pretzels <laughs> and your, uh, your you know your buffalo wings or your your jumbo sodas and and uh, put on and, uh, put on a little Duff longer and you know it, what do you think with the success of the Marvel? movies that there's a or these superhero movies in general that they will ever do like a deleted scene special I edition hope, of I don't this know. movie I, let's hope somebody like uh, whatever Anchor Bay is now let's hope they yeah. uh, Shout Factory you know. and Scream Factory yeah. seem to be, they did they did the uh, I Come in Peace yeah, so hopefully, stuff longer and maybe they could yeah, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll do something but um I guess that's the end of uh, our first podcast. Our inaugural. <laughs> yeah, our, uh, we'll have a lot of uh, new movies coming out. If you have any recommendations on, of us to watch on a Saturday night, let us know. We'll, movies you know. that perhaps you remember watching as a sleepover. You know, this is like we said, this is going to be a little bit of a combination of movies that we did watch as a sleepover as kids, movies that we watched kind of in a sleepover as young adults together. And then movies that uh, we just love that kind of fall into a, a sleepover, sleepover category. category. Like that could be that would make it. They could be new movies, but we think they'd be perfect for a sleepover. Or, thing. or, or old movies. Or old, or even old movies. Yeah, you know, it could be it could be anything. So you know, in, in the whole cinematic possibilities gambit. are endless. Um, please check out uh, us at the Podwits. We, uh, Blake and I do a sidecast as well, where we talk about anything under the sun. Uh, that's at podwits.com. You can Talked get us about on video stores, video stores, <laughs> horror movies, uh, time travel. We have a whole slew of stuff. At, uh, um, did we, we do, do an eighties action movies? We did an eighties action movie <laughs> one as well. We've done a lot. Uh, check us out on iTunes. We're on Podroid. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're podwits.com. Uh, and please check out uh, new installments of the uh, Saturday Night Sleepover movies yes. because we'll surely be. Uh, anytime we have a free Saturday night, Blake and I will be getting together. <laughs> we'll be sleeping over. Yeah, we'll be in now, our sleeping bags. It's now the, the sun's about to come up so we, we better, after this long. We better call it quits. So until next time, thank you very much, and uh, keep on watching and listening. Later. <laughs>